Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Third Strike You're Out, where I'll be diving into the three strike laws present in 26 of our states and telling the stories of the people that were unintentionally included and affected by these laws. For the first episode, I thought it made sense to jump into the most punitive of these three strike laws and look into the law in California. Specifically, I want to tell you the stories of the people that ended up serving 25 to life for trivial crimes due to this third strike law. The California law was enacted by voters in 1994, and it was in response to the tragic murders of Kimber Reynolds and Polly Kloss. The idea was that it imposed life sentences for any crime if the defendant had two prior convictions for crimes defined as serious or violent. Now, in ballot materials, it was promoted that this third strike law was a sentencing scheme intended to keep murderers, rapists, and child molesters behind bars where they belong. Problem being, more than half of these incarcerated persons that are sentenced under this law today are serving sentences for nonviolent, almost trivial crimes. Now, it is important to note that in 2012, voters overwhelmingly passed what is called Proposition 36. Proposition 36 was designed to eliminate life sentences for being imposed for non-serious, non-violent crimes. The problem being, it didn't necessarily apply retroactively. It did create a procedure for incarcerated persons that were already serving life for minor third strike offenses. However, it didn't just take away or repudiate these sentences. Rather, these people would have to petition for a reduced sentence. To win the reduced sentence, the court must find that the prisoner no longer poses an unreasonable threat to public safety. Now that we are up to speed with the state of the law in California, let's jump into what this podcast is all about, telling the stories of these unintended victims of three strike laws. First, let's dive into the story of Lester Wallace. He was picked up for a crime he committed just nine hours after the enactment of California's third strike law in 1994. Lester Wallace was a homeless man who suffered from schizophrenia. He had two prior nonviolent burglaries on his rap sheet, which is what landed him within the parameters of this third strike law. What was the crime he was picked up for in 1994? Attempting to steal a car radio near the University of Southern California's campus. Wallace was such an incompetent thief that he was still sitting in the passenger seat of the car by the time that police arrived. Now, when he went to court for this crime, he received 25 years to life under the brand new third strike law. Wallace immediately became a target in prison. He was sexually, physically, and verbally abused numerous times. One incident of abuse in his file involves another inmate telling him, motherfucker, I'll kill you if you don't let me go up in you. Understandably, this caused Wallace to lash out. He attempted to protect himself and would often result in Wallace receiving a disciplinary write-up in prison. Wallace was moved while in prison to a new unit 15 times due to these instances of abuse. People with mental illness especially need more stability than this, and this only furthered the problems Wallace was dealing with inside. Over the years in prison, Wallace has suffered from seizures, severe back problems, and end-stage renal disease requiring dialysis treatments. Months after Proposition 36 was enacted, Wallace was still sitting in prison. A man that was quite literally dying was denied a reduced sentence even under this reformed law. The judge making this call said it was because of Wallace's violent outbursts in prison. Outbursts that have largely been accredited to responding to the verbal, physical, and sexual abuse that he was so often a victim of. Eventually, a judge did agree to reduce Wallace's sentence to six years, a sentence that he had served three times over by that point. 
This judge noted that Wallace's outbursts were several years old, Wallace needed mental health treatment, and that he would be a good candidate to transfer from prison to a mental health treatment facility. Now, I want to be clear in telling Wallace's story. I am not condoning stealing a car radio. I'm not condoning any crimes for that matter. And a punishment for such is surely warranted. But serving life, it seems fundamentally unfair to me. Have you ever heard of someone getting life in prison for stealing a pair of socks? This is exactly what happened to Curtis Wilkerson. On July 15, 1995, a 33-year-old Curtis Wilkerson went from sitting in a McDonald's to facing life for stealing a pair of socks that were worth $2.50. Wilkerson was sitting in this McDonald's waiting for his girlfriend to be done at her hair appointment when he decided to wander over to the mall. At the mall, after buying a few things at other stores, he went into a department store called Mervyn's. A pair of socks caught his eye. He grabbed them and slipped them into one of his bags from the other stores. Now keep in mind, these were plain white socks priced at $2.50. Wilkerson never made it out of the store and was apprehended by store security, and the cops were called, and unknowingly to him, his life was about to be turned upside down. Wilkerson had two prior convictions from 1981, which is what landed him in this group of people eligible for the third strike law. He served as a lookout in a series of robberies and he was quickly caught and sentenced to six years in prison. Wilkerson has explained that these robberies were a result of him falling into the wrong crowd after his mother had passed away when he was just 16 years old. After he was released from prison, he turned his life around. His crowd changed, he got a job as a forklift operator, he began living a very different life than before. After being charged for stealing these white socks, he was sentenced to 25 years to life. Additionally, he was fined $2,500 as restitution for the stolen socks. In prison, Wilkerson worked in the prison cafeteria, earning $20 a month. The state would then take $11 of this each month towards the restitution. At that rate, he would be 90 before he would pay off his fine for the one pair of socks. 18 years later, Wilkerson was one of the so-called lucky ones. He was able to get a reduced sentence under Proposition 36, and he returned home after serving 18 years in prison for the theft of one pair of socks worth $2.50. Lastly, let's dive into the story of Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor had two prior strikes on his rap sheet, which is again what landed him in this group facing the three-strike sentencing law. In 1988, Taylor received his first strike for attempted burglary of an empty residence, and a second strike was burglary of an empty residence. The only thing taken in this second strike burglary was a checkbook. With that checkbook, Taylor did only one thing, buy a slice of pizza with a forged check. Taylor served his time for these crimes, and after he was released, he actually got married, had a baby girl, and was working full-time as a prep cook. Unfortunately, in 1996, Taylor would lose it all when he was sentenced to 25 years to life for possession of about $10 of meth. Keep in mind that had Taylor not had the prior strikes that caused him to fall in this third strike category, this offense would have likely resulted in a sentence of something like probation and the completion of some sort of substance abuse program. During this third strike offense, Taylor was standing with a few friends outside of his car when a police car approached the group. These officers claim that they stopped to investigate the situation because Taylor and his friends looked underage to be drinking. During this interaction, police shined a flashlight on the front seat of the car where they saw a baggie sticking out of Taylor's wallet. This baggie contained 0.14 grams of meth. Now, this is the equivalent to a tenth of a sugar packet. 
Taylor's case specifically is unusual in the fact that even the prosecutor as well as the judge that imposed his sentence have both went on the record stating that this case kind of haunts them and that they feel this punishment is unfair given the crime committed. Now, again, I don't tell this story or any of these stories to say that committing crimes is okay. I'm simply doing so to shed light on the fundamentally unfair punishments these people received in comparison to the crime that they committed. And that brings us to the end of episode one. I hope you all enjoyed this first episode of Three Strikes, You're Out, and were able to gain some insight on the state of California law and the unintended impacts three strike laws cause on individuals. I hope you all will continue listening to hear about the 25 other states with third strike laws and the stories from those states.